Hello and welcome to Themed for Your Pleasure. I'm Chris, and with me as always is... Vanessa. Excellent. And today our special guest is... Vanessa. No, Brad. <laughs> Brad. Now, now let's start actually, let's talk with you about uh, what I consider the important thing. You started out as a fan. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What was your first convention ever? The Comic-Con. In Comic-Con. San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con in 1993, I'd have to say. Good year for it, too. <laughs> yeah. And what, was, what, what drew you to fandom? Uh, oh, man. I th- it's a very specific book. Initially, believe it or not, it was a National Geographic book called uh, Our Universe. And it was a uh, science book uh, about our solar system and stars and, you know, an astronomy kind of book. Except at the very end, or I think, I don't remember even anymore, at one part of the book, and I want to say which part, but at one part of it, it had a, what would aliens have to look like on different planets? Like, what would aliens have to look like on Jupiter, given that it's this gas giant with this huge amount of gravity? And so it was like this NASA-backed book, but suddenly they're just making stuff up, talking about aliens. And I thought that was, like, crazy cool. And right around that same time, I started getting into uh, Marvel Comics, X-Men. This was like the Age of Apocalypse era Mm -hmm. X-Men. And uh, video games, like huge into video games, like specifically role-playing games. I I happened to back the wrong horse. I was a Sega guy. Uh, So I was playing all the Sega role-playing games, which I still think are fantastic, Uh, like Fantasy Star and uh, those games. And these like epic – Fantasy Star 3 – was this epic multi-generational role-playing game where you like had kids and depending on who you married your kids were different and you played those kids and it was multi-generation that you did this and so then i started getting into uh so i had like the the like fantasy epic role-playing stuff on the one hand and then the like science sci-fi on the other hand and i started watching uh you know all of the classic uh the original the only three star wars movies uh (laughs) and then i started reading all the star wars books and, you know, just like, you know, it's the standard kind of path, I think, right? Like then playing tons of D&D and White Wolf and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's, that's kind of – I'm a second-generation fan, so I sort of uh, skirted that whole uh, <laughs> having to read thing. Mm. Actually, the coolest thing about today was they did a memorial for my buddy Jay Lake, and Kevin J. Anderson showed up. Oh, wow. And uh, I had offended him years ago uh, completely by accident uh, for being snarky. Um, and it was nice to actually see him and actually could say, yeah, you know, I really did love your Star Wars books. Was they're like, oh, they're great. They, 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 they were. They were really cool. Yeah. Um, I unfortunately don't have time to read as much anymore, which, which sucks. But, man, I, I miss some good sci-fi. And, like, every now and then I, I manage to catch a really good one. But uh, my wife is my filter right now. She reads a lot more than I do. <laughs> that sounds kind of like us. Yeah, I just kind of... Oh, anything interesting? Yeah. Oh, good, thanks. Now, now that I'm on, like, you know, up on everything. Yeah, exactly. And I don't read as much as I used to because I'm old. But now, <laughs> but now you are known as the zombie guy. The, the, a zombie guy. Yeah. You want to be the zombie guy. <laughs> zombie guy. Now, tell me, what's your favorite zombie film? Uh, it depends on how you classify. That's a, that's a flaky answer. Okay, I'm going to either say 28 Days Later or Shaun of the Dead. 28 Days Later is a fantastic, and I know this is like almost anathem to say because they're fast, but they are fan, it's a fantastic film. The, the cinematography is great. Uh, there are some amazing illusions, like when, the, uh, when uh, um, Cillian Murphy's character starts to appear zombie-like. There's even a scene where they sweep by him uh, after he first escapes, 
and his eyes are actually uh, whitened over, so they make him look like a zombie when he starts stalking the soldiers. Um, it's a fantastic film. Now, as a fan, mm-hmm. Shaun of the Dead, because Shaun of the Dead is a it 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 really is a loving look at the zombie history. Um, and there's all of these little illusions in there that are really hard to catch unless you know your zombie shit. Uh, oh, sorry, do we curse? No, right. <laughs> um, so they, I mean, even down to what is the cause of the outbreak. And so if you watch in the movie early on, while Sean is going shopping at the local grocery store at the corner, in the background on the radio as he's passing by, you hear um, uh, the commentator talking about a meteorite has entered the atmosphere and crashed to Earth. <laughs> and... There's like another scene where, again, in the background, they talk about rage-infected monkeys escaping from this lab. And so it's like every trope yeah. is in there they make allusions to. And that's just one tiny piece. I mean, it's, it's a really, it's a great, great look at, at the history of zombie film. Yeah, I, I see a lot of uh, film festival films. I worked with a couple of film festivals, one of which a couple of years back was called uh, Portrait of a Zombie. And it's by an Irish filmmaker named Bing Bailey. And it is a family drama about a family that happens to have the son turn into a zombie and they have to keep him and feed him. And it's so, it is, it's heart-wrenching and brutal, uh, but it's beautifully done. Uh, Yeah, and that was a shout-out to Bing Bailey. You're a good guy. Um, I hope he's listening. One of my favorite zombie movies is actually Zombieland, kind of. er, uh, Sorry, well, Zombieland is pretty good. It's Fido. Because the way that they, like, the 1950s, the bright colors and, like, their little pet zombies, it's just fabulous. Which I've still never seen. It, what? I've never seen it. What was, um, it's, it, it feels a lot like, uh, what was the other film, but uh, it was all in black and white until the woman has an orgasm for the first time, and then, like, things start coming into color. Oh, oh what uh, is that? Co- I do not know the name of that movie, I can't remember I know what you're talking about. Head, right? Um, it's like it's not Smallville, but it's like something like mm-hmm. like that. I, I'm mm. totally blanking on it, but it feels that very 1950s kitschy style until they start building up into. I know it's it's a really good it's a it's a well done movie. I really like that, and I, I also I mean the science side of me likes it because they have these the the neck like brain controlling things that keep yeah. all the zombies in check and allow them to keep them around as like pets or mm-hmm. uh, servants or something. And that was kind of kind of a neat. We actually talk about that in the end of our book about. Uh, one possible way of controlling the zombie outbreak through science is by doing this, like, placating uh, neck devices or something like that. And they do that in Shaun of the Dead, too, at the very end, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, keep them locked up. Keep back. them leashed, yeah, basically, yeah. 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 Now, now we've talked a little about zombies. Let's talk a little about, about the science of zombies. <laughs> what is going to be the cause of the zombie apocalypse? Uh, okay, I have to, as a scientist, I have to say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing will ever cause a zombie apocalypse. But if we eschew reality for a little while and go into, like, fun, crazy, let's make stuff upland, then um, uh, we already have certain – I just got out of the, uh, the panel where I was giving – and I was talking about there are already some things in nature that do uh, rudimentary mind control, quote-unquote. Uh, there's the cordyceps fungus, which takes over uh, ants' brains. Uh, so it infects ants. And it causes ants to climb up to the tops of trees, which ants normally don't do, uh, stick their butts up in the air, clamp down onto a leaf with their jaw, and then the fungus causes them to explode, spreading the spores all around. Um, it's, that is actually, when I first heard about that a number of years ago, I was like, oh my gosh, like a fungus is doing this and controlling other animals? Right. Like, how is this possible? And ever since, that's kind of been my, if there's a zombie apocalypse, I'm going like 
either fungus or organism. Yeah. And actually, I mean, in The Last of Us, that was essentially what they used. I don't know if you've played that game, The no. Last of Us. Um, so you were you, at the opening ceremony, you, you had mentioned the, what is the short film? Uh, 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 Cargo. Cargo, uh, which is another heart-wrenching little zombie film. Um, and it's about the father, a baby, right, mm -hmm. relationship, um, which as a relatively new father, uh, it just totally like cuts right to the core, right? But um, The Last of Us is also about a father-daughter relationship after the zombie outbreak, and the zombie outbreak is uh, caused by this fungus. And so they have to like, they see these spore outbreaks and they all have to like mask up and, and get through. That's a great game, it's a really good video game. Wow. Oh, now, now you've caused me more things. You're going to be a video <laughs> game widow apparently, a zombie video game widow. Um, now, yeah, these things happen. Now, here's the debate that me and Vanessa need to have, and you need to be our moderator. Okay, okay, all right, good. Um, I am going to be con, you are going to be pro. Pro what? We live in a holler in Northern California. My theory is that the holler will be the worst place to be during a zombie outbreak. For it will obviously start in the mountains and spread downward, and it'll be less defensible than living in the suburbs. Ooh, no. No. Suburbs, close neighborhoods, no place to run and hide. When I'm out in the mountains on my 80 acres with redwood trees, easy to build a fort, perfectly defensible. Now, of course, we have uh, my theories, of course, you're so exposed. There's lots of streams and stuff. There are other wild animals. They will want to be attracted to where there are fewer people. Because there'll be less people trying to kill them. and That just means wild animals to eat and hunt, land to grow food on. Try that in the middle of San Jose. I have to, I have to throw in one as moderator. Are we talking about fast or slow zombies here? That makes a difference. I'm going to go with fast zombies. Okay. I don't think fast zombies could climb trees. Being out in the redwoods of the Santa Cruz Mountains... Tree forts, man. Done. <laughs> That's a pretty good point. Zombies probably cannot climb. They, 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 have, they lack the fine motor control. Right? That said, uh, out, in the, out in the woods also, I, I would actually argue in the woods, slow zombies. I mean, look at the, uh, what is it, the um, um, Day of the Dead? Or mm -hmm. Dawn of the Dead, actually, when they're in the shopping mall. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Slow zombies, no one zombie is a problem. Right? They just push them over and knock them out of the way, walk right past them. Right? It's not until you get the density of zombies so where, where does that leave you well that would be the suburbs would be likely to have more infections therefore far more denser once you get into the more dense urban areas you would end up being more easily surrounded but on the other hand that does also give you the idea that if you have a larger number of people there are more people to fight the people who are being infected hmm <laughs> So, which one of us is right? Where do we end up living? <laughs> I, got, I have to go with Vanessa, man. Oh. Now, that said, my wife and I, we, we had, when we lived up in Berkeley, we had a zombie contingency plan. Really? Yes. And, I'm uh, not the only one. Our, our plan was uh, bicycles, uh, sailboats or kayaks, and Alcatraz. Good. I would have seen you there. <laughs> that was that actually, was? that was part of my zombie contingency plan. It involved uh, kayaks and going to some place like that. Uh -huh. And you're close enough to San Francisco proper that you could do like small short raids for supplies if you need to. Yep. On uh, Alcatraz Island, you've got a uh, water tower that you could potentially use to capture rainwater. And the biggest thing, which drives me nuts in zombie films, you have built-in quarantine. Mm -hmm. So anybody that you bring into the island automatically gets quarantined for a couple of days to ensure that they're not lying about not being bitten. And then once they're 
uh, you know, once they're okay, they're out of their cell, they can join. And there's maybe even some land for, for growing something uh, close to the city, but far enough away that zombies can't get to you. Like I think that's really potential, exactly. like. I think that's kind of what you want to look for, something yeah. like that. Okay, so we're moving to an island. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excellent. Well, it has been great talking with you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks so much for settling the fight. <laughs> and this has been Themed for Your Pleasure. Let's, let's pose it like. <laughs> it's horror, it's affection. Oddly enough, it's the same thing, really.